Hey, this is Kathy Walker, and this is episode one of the Year of APing Dangerously podcast. Welcome to the Year of APing Dangerously podcast. Here's your host, Kathy Walker. Hello, I'm Kathy Walker, and welcome to the Year of APing Dangerously podcast. This is episode one. It is our virgin episode, our first foray into the podcasting universe, and I am so glad and so happy you've decided to join me in this podcast adventure. Hopefully, it will be something that will add value for those of you listening, and hopefully for those of you who are teachers aspiring to become APs or assistant principals who are currently in that position and just looking for a little insight. We're hoping to talk to some thought leaders and people who are doing the work and can hopefully inspire you and guide you and hopefully make our PLN feel a little more uh, inclusive and that there is uh, some answers for you out there. My name is Kathy Walker, and basically this podcast is a little bit of my origin story. And and for this first episode, I'm going to just talk about how I got here and in upcoming episodes we're hoping to tackle some of the issues that might be on your mind whether it's kind of organizing your day building relationships how to deal with that parent or 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 teacher that seems impossible or even reaching that student and hopefully as we're learning and growing uh, we're building those bridges and making our job uh, easier and leaning on each other. So that is kind of the goal and the mission of the Year of APing Dangerously podcast. Why in the world is it the Year of APing Dangerously? Well, basically that's because back in October, uh, my principal told me that we were having an assembly. And I'm thinking, no, we're not. You don't Tell me we're having the assembly the day of the assembly. I haven't given the teachers notice. Are you kidding? I'm going to get, there's going to be a revolt, and I don't want to, this is not happening. But basically it was happening, and actually I'm on the overcome, and then I'm guiding each of the grade levels down to the assembly. And once everybody's there, I'm thinking, wow, it's kind of quiet. I can actually get some work done. But my principal's radioing to me, where are you? And I'm like, I'm like, I'm in my office. I'm trying to get some stuff done. Get down here. Well, when I came down here, it turns out not only was the whole school in the gym, but also our district superintendent, along with a lot of district leadership, as well as uh, the chair of the school board and even my parents, because it turns out uh, they were all gathered uh, to announce me as the North Carolina uh, Assistant Principal of the Year. And wow, what an honor, what a surprise. I was in tears and blubbering like a baby and just really, really um, just kind of shocked and surprised uh, that actually I, I had uh, been nominated uh, by someone in our district office and to know that... Um, after filling out the application and that the work that I uh, 
was doing would be honored at a state level truly kind of humbled me and, and blew me away. With that, uh, I've gone on to be kind of honored at the state level. And right now, as I record this podcast, this premiere episode, I am in Boston at the National Association of Secondary Principals and Assistant Principals National Principal Conference 2019, where I spent the day just working with other APs and and learning and just kind of honing our skills. And I thought, you know what? I, I have this honor. I have this AP of the Year award. Meanwhile, I think I'm just doing the work or what I'm supposed to be doing. And hey, what am I going to do with it? That's one of the thoughts I had. What can I do? Uh, I thought about doing a blog or trying to write about it. And <laughs> then I thought, wait a minute. I know what the AP day is like, and I can have a plan, and I can swear I'm going to stick to this plan. I got to go visit these three teachers' classrooms. I got to get this done. I got to write this report. I have to get prepared for this meeting. But that never, ever, ever, ever happens. Your day, you, you think it's set, and again, an issue will come up, an emergency, a, a, a student in need, so that gets tossed by the wayside. Um, so even in that, there's no time to sit down, collect my thoughts. I have been trying to journal at least the day in my life or, or those special days, especially during this year of uh, getting this award. And with it, it's just been just really cool and positive things. Um, I actually did change schools in the middle of the school year, and that was the first time for me. I don't know if you've ever uh, been in a situation where you've changed schools in the middle of the school year. Um, I know it's not (laughs) highly recommended, but usually I've changed schools. It's been over the summer, and and usually you kind of come and you start new, um, with uh, new kids and new staff, and uh, but leaving in the middle of the year, my kids, uh, I got to say goodbye to to my school, and that was Troutman Middle, and the faculty, and I, I got to tell you, <laughs> that is a hard thing. I do not recommend it because I was just a mess that very last day. Um, uh, my principal Brian Pasley, he had me on the overcome just kind of saying goodbye and I was already tearing up and I'm not a crier I'm just not a big crier but forget it I was I was a mess well anyway after I said goodbye I still had to get on a bus because I was doing a regular bus route and I had to get my kids home and I run out the back door and that's my office had two doors one that went to the back right to the halls right to the action and got my keys, got my license, everything. I'm running to the door. I go out the back door. The entire school is lined up in the hallways. And it just, I'm like, I'm, how am I going to drive? I'm, I'm crying. My glasses are fogged up. I, I can't even, um, because I'm feeling so much emotion and, uh, our, our students, they're so great. They're so diverse. And I know we do have uh, a lot of students at our school. I 
uh, my previous school with autism. And for those kids, I know it's all sensory and, and they're not very big on touching or hugging, but uh, one of uh, the kids, uh, my kids with autism, he actually reached out and hugged me. And I was just a wreck. I was, it was, that was the hardest bus ride I had, I think, of my career. But in any case, as uh, the assistant principal of the year, I felt like, okay, so what does that mean? In my mind, I'm just doing my job. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm, I'm building relationships with staff. I'm building relationships with my students and with my parents. And that was, for an administrator, that was one of my hard lessons to learn or something I had to really kind of work on. It's work on parents because I've had parents, oh, call me everything but a child of God and just really um, be really harsh with me. And, you know, you, you learn that I might be dealing with 400, 500, 900 kids, but they're dealing with their one kid, their one baby. And, um, you know, it, it, it can be hard. And I spent most of my career in middle school. And I will tell you now, seventh grade boys, they do not, they don't even know. I've asked them, why? Why are you doing? They don't know. They will tell me they don't know. <laughs> and and once I come out with um, um, the reasoning or the logic behind being a seventh grade boy, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to retire. But for now, <laughs> the year of living dangerously podcast is uh, probably my little uh, take on uh, the movie The Year of uh, Living Dangerously, but this is the year of AP and Dangerously. I think I said that wrong. We're keeping it in. We're just going. Um, is a podcast I'm hoping to be able to inter- interview other assistant principals, even teachers, and possibly some students, uh, as well as uh, some thought leaders and, and folks to give insight uh, to what we do, to making it better and making the world better. To basically telling our stories, because I think as assistant principals, we get so caught up and so mired in the work and what has to be done and what needs to be done that uh, we don't slow down. We don't take enough time to take care of ourselves, which makes it harder to take care of um, the kids that are entrusted to us. It makes it harder to take care of our families and to always be looking out for those folks. So hopefully for this uh, podcast, uh, we will have uh, lots of opportunities for you to learn and grow. Uh, in, in that, in that um, uh, goal or mission, we want to make sure that we reach out to you. So you can find us on uh, the website. It's the year of APingdangerously.com, which I know is a mouthful, but if you hit us up on Twitter, which is the year of D, which is a lot easier. Uh, so if you find us on Twitter, you can get to that uh, page much faster. But please uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, today's podcast is just me, but in the future, we're going to do interviews. We're going to hit on a couple of things. I've gotten to attend some conferences, and I know you always get a charge when you go to conferences, and it's great because uh, one of the conferences I attended 
featured a lot of superintendents, and I got to talk to uh, some of them about some of their um, summer reads and books suggestions. So I'm excited to share that with you in upcoming podcasts. So that's something to look out for. Um, also, if you are an assistant principal, I would love to talk to you. I would love to hear your story because it seems like not everybody sets out and goes to school and says, hey, I am going to be an assistant principal. That is my goal. Uh, no, a lot of times as a teacher, um, you know, you're, you're, you're teaching, you reach, a, you reach a point where you want to go more, you want to do more in effect and impact more kids. So yes, you might become uh, an administrator. Uh, some folks w- is with the goal of being a principal of uh, being in that building. So we're in this this really weird kind of quasi space. So I figure we need to we need to share it. We need to talk about it. And I think for me, this is a, a, a journey that I've been on. No matter what uh, my career trajectory has been, <laughs> I was thinking about it and. And being at this conference and and attending the sessions and reflecting on a lot of different things, I realized everybody's journey is a little different. I know for me, I came to education way around the bend uh, when I was in school. I wasn't thinking about being a teacher, an educator, an administrator let alone an assistant principal. I think I wanted to go to school to be a lawyer, and I I lost that dream or that hope with my first um, uh, debate in high school. Um, in any case, I went to uh, school. I majored in accounting, Rutgers University. I'm originally from Philadelphia, so even though I'm the North Carolina Assistant Principal of the Year, uh, not originally from North Carolina, and that's, I guess, part of my um, origin story. Not that they ever write um, uh, Marvel superhero comics about assistant principals, but I know you guys are out there doing some really superhero-level stuff. I mean, okay... Iron Man stuff, Wonder Woman stuff, Batman stuff, you are doing the stuff, Ant-Man stuff even. Um, But um, I actually started out in accounting. I worked in Philadelphia. Surprisingly enough, I actually worked for a department store in their corporate office that I worked in their sales department uh, when I was in school. And when I graduated, I got an accounting job with them. I worked in corporate accounting, wow, for about 15 years because uh, from Philadelphia, I got an opportunity to move to New York uh, with some some really uh, great women that I also went to Rutgers with, Teresa and Donna. Uh, who knows? They might uh, listen to my podcast because they are, they are those kind of women that that support and show love. So, um, but when I moved to New York City, I actually did work in in corporate accounting um, for quite a few years. But there was an itching in me to do to do and try some other things. And because I was in New York City and exposed to so much, I actually had a chance to try stand up comedy. Yeah, I know. I gave you a beat because even I sometimes go, that 
doesn't compute uh, accounting, stand-up comedy, especially for me. And it's so funny because when people in my life heard about that, they were like, Kathy? Yeah? She's doing stuff. Because, again, I was, I think, pretty much a, an introvert. I wasn't the most outgoing of folks. Um, but in any case, I tried stand-up comedy. But And here's the thing I, I realized about it, too, is that in, in New York City in, in the time, and this was the uh, early 90s um, for stand-up comedy, uh, right before it had a really big boom and surge with um Folks getting uh, specials and 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 and, and TV series. Uh, there were a lot of open mics just everywhere, and I know one of the things I remember doing was coming up with this just list, just a sheet that um, during my day job. I'm not gonna lie. I came up with a list of all the open mics and what days they were held. What were the qualifications? Was it you had to bring five friends or did you have to buy drinks or did you have to pay a fee? And and I would, you know, give this information to other comics that I met along the way and and kind of share that with with them. So I think in my spirit was always this need to kind of share information and and and, and teach and learn and even um, in my jobs, I found that I would be the one. I was always willing to to, to train others, to show folks the way, and 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 to be uh, a bit of that teacher. Well, in any event, I was able to work comedy and and work it for a good seven years doing. Um, day job and comedy job for a while. I even did comedy as my job, full-time job. And I think that shifted my perspective too, because it was like, wait a minute, now it's not fun. It is actually work. And um, in any case, I didn't, I, I didn't stay with it. I, I, I hit some hurdles. I dealt with some issues and people that I thought were friends that weren't friends. And and I guess I, I just didn't have the constitution um, uh, uh, to, to follow through with it, to to pursue it as a full time. And and I don't know, I kind of prescribed to this feeling that, hey, things happen for a reason. Uh, there is a higher power. And you know what? He's working it out for the good. And maybe that was a good thing um, back in. September of 2001, I was actually working um, for a major investment company. And what was interesting is uh, that Labor Day of uh, 2001, I had actually been in North Carolina with my family uh, celebrating my mom's birthday and had returned to New York only to find out uh, our offices were being moved within the next two or three weeks to Tower 2 of the World Trade Center. Well, needless to say, I think I came back and found that out on Wednesday or Thursday, the following Tuesday. And I know it was a Tuesday, and somebody tried to tell me it was a different day. I'm sorry, I was in New York that day. It was September 11th. It was a Tuesday. Um, in fact, I remember it well. It was such a clear day that even though I had bars on my window, I left the windows up to get air in my apartment so it wouldn't be hot because it was so nice outside. And I remember that day because 
by the time I got home, it was well after midnight and into September 12th. And, and those windows that I had left open were just filled with the stench of smoke and, and of the trauma, basically, that the whole city had just been through. Um, and again, for those of you who were in the city on that day, I don't have to tell you, uh, I think we all kind of hold our own kind of uh, war wounds from that. Although I will say, uh, as a person who spent 13 years of my life in New York City, um, for those, it's not for everybody, I know, but everybody thinks of New Yorkers as being rude and, and ah, but, and they're not, and, and I was never more proud to be a New Yorker in the days after that, um, just, I think I talked to more people and more strangers than I think I've ever talked to in my life, and, um, there was a, a bonding, um, for us and for our recovery during that period. In any case, um, after that, my desire to stay in New York was not as strong. I remember one of the first calls, because the calls weren't as frequent and cell phones weren't as fancy back then. (laughs) I mean, I think I probably still had a flip phone, I don't know, but... I was having trouble connecting and reaching my family that was in the Philadelphia area or down in North Carolina. But I know several uh, days later, I did get to talk to my brother and my nephew. And and I know I was just upset because I guess when this was all happening, he kind of went home upset knowing that, you know, his Aunt Kathy lived in 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 the city and not knowing, you know, if I was safe. And of course, you know, I was, and my, my, uh, family was aware my brother and my, and my parents knew that I was okay. And I thought I was okay. Um, and I don't really think the folks who were there that day were really, really okay till quite a while after. But I know in talking to my nephew, I, I just know that the emotion of that, it, man, it, I, I'm starting to cry now, so I'm going to move on um, because from from that incident and uh, not shortly thereafter, sometime in, in February, I was laid off. And at, at that point, I'm thinking, you know what? I can go out. I can get another corporate job. I can keep pushing forward. I can keep you know, be in New York and, 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 and just doing it. And I thought, you know what, I, I'm kind of done. I I realized when something that big and major happens, that uh, family is important. And I wanted to be closer to my family. My parents had retired to North Carolina. I actually went down uh, to North Carolina and I thought this was my chance. This was my chance to make a change, to make a shift. And I wasn't quite sure what that shift would be. Uh, and I, I even interviewed for more kind of corporate accounting deals and, and, and jobs and, and, you know, just uh, thought I could get back in it. And I thought, no, I don't think I want to be in it. I think I need to do something that matters. And I did have an opportunity to, um, to, to, to get into teaching and, I, I did some substituting to see, hey, do you, I think I can do this because I thought, you know what, 
talking to my nephew that day, I, I, I thought I, I need to be doing something to be the change, to, to help and, and to be positive, not working for some corporate accounting concern that's just shuffling money around. I, I, I need to make a difference. And education seemed like that way uh, to make a difference. I was fortunate enough to, to, to uh, be connected with a family friend, Phyllis Chun Duncan, who worked at the middle school that I subbed in and eventually entered as a lateral entry uh, math teacher. And in that journey, teaching eighth grade math, which I had to go back to school and kind of relearn math because, you know, um, you do things and you don't think about it. And, you know, I really uh, got into it uh, taking courses at UNC Charlotte and and getting that lateral entry uh, certificate so that uh, I can be the best math teacher I could. And you know what? I really didn't feel like I really was reaching my students or getting the results that I wanted till I actually took some courses through our district to learn about being an instructional facilitator, uh, to learn some methods and some techniques to really get my students to kind of own their learning because for the most part, I was doing the work. I was like crazy and exhausted by the time I left school. And uh, through, through kind of turning over the reins to my kids, I found like, let them be tired. Let them do the work. Let them be exhausted. Um, but again, it was, it was really fun and really exciting. I guess the payday is, the pay dirt is that one of the last classes that I taught uh, I had students that were so excited and so into it that if 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 I fell down, if I didn't do it one 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 week, I was just exhausted. And one of the things they really liked was that we would do review games on Friday. So whether it was you know uh, like a Biggest Loser style game or or you know twenty five thousand dollar pyramid type game or or. Um, Jeopardy, I would, you know, come up with these games and I create these PowerPoints and do all this work and I couldn't do it one week. I was just, it was just too many things pulled too many places. And the kids actually were like, well, we like games. I'm like, we'll come up with one. And when they did, I'm like, oh, wow, whoa. That was like a big eye opener for me. In any case, one of the the students who said she would come up with the game. Uh, some years and years later, I was actually heading up to uh, New York to do a bike race with uh, some some teacher friends, and I ran into the student, and, and she, sure enough, remembered me, remembered Miss Walker, remembered all the games, and she goes, Miss Walker, I'm so sorry we gave you such a hard time. And I was like, you guys were great. You didn't give me a hard time. She goes, oh, yeah, we did. We were middle schoolers. We didn't know any better. I know now because I teach, not only do I teach middle schoolers, but I teach special ed. So that was really, really awesome uh, to know that, that that impact is out there. And guys, as assistant principals, that we are still impacting, even though we're not in the classroom. We're actually getting the chance to impact even more kids than in our classroom because we're getting to impact the kids throughout that whole school. And you do that with how you interact with your teachers and with your staff. 
and with your uh, everyone from the custodians to the folks in the office to the kids that you meet and greet each day, um, your impact just gets bigger. So just know that. And we're going to talk about that a lot during this podcast. And if you have stories to tell, we want to hear them because your stories need to be told. They need to be told because we can learn from each other's stories. So please, in the comments on this uh, podcast, if you can leave us a comment, if you could subscribe, that would be awesome so that we can keep connected and keep our PLC as strong as possible. This is the year of AP and Dangerously. We want to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Year of D. Uh, um, we also have our Twitter, Year of D. On Facebook, we're at uh, the Year of AP and Dangerously. I am Kathy Walker. This is episode one. I've actually gotten through it. We're going to try to keep these episodes to about 30 minutes unless we're doing a really cool interview and we can't break away. But we do want to hear from you, the topics you want uh, us to address and the things you want to talk about here on the year of APing Dangerously. I am Kathy Walker. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me. Go out there. Do what you do. Be bold. Live your year. AP as dangerously and as awesomely as you can thank you for listening for show notes and more visit yearofapdangerously.com the year of AP dangerously the year of AP